Among Ghastario, what is the diva school? And Hario replied, a silver bowl full of snow. That's it. What is the diva school? And Hario, by the way, is a you know, proper kosher Zen master, the uh, Tang Dynasty, I think, China. And um, a monk said to him, what is the diva school? And he said, a silver bowl full of snow. Just to back, backdrop to it, is the Diva School, I mean there's a lot of interpretation of this column, but <coughs> the Diva School was um, a school which was renowned for debating about form and emptiness and talking a lot about those kind of things, you know, what is form, what is emptiness, are they the same, are they different, whatever. And um, Hario himself was known to be more a kind of garrulous teacher. He wasn't like the kind of pithy Zen master that you, you know, whacked people and just shouted. He talked a lot. <laughs> so that's the backdrop to the story. So this monk says, what is the Deva school? And he says, a silver bowl full of snow. So what immediately comes to mind about a silver bowl full of snow? Something precious holding something ephemeral. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could, yeah, yeah, <coughs> wasn't what I was thinking, but yeah, it's true. It, it was probably silver, yeah. Uh, transient. Transient, yeah. Water. Both transient. Yeah, all of transient. Oh, yeah, snow okay. Water. Yeah, but on a different time scale, I guess, because <laughs> snow is quick, yeah. Silver takes a while, yeah, to disappear. So yes, that's good as well, yeah, so transient but with different life expectancies maybe, yeah. Anything else about snow and silver? Uh, well, I thought maybe if they were, the deeper school was concerned about uh, form and emptiness, yeah. rather the idea of the bowl being full of anything really. The bowl being full of? Full of anything. If full of anything. The idea of emptiness. Yeah. So what would, in that context, what would the bowl represent then? Not quite got that far. Okay, <laughs> okay. The bowl before and the snow emptiness. What about the bowl was emptiness and the snow? What about the bowl represented emptiness and the snow was full? <laughs> no, I'm curious, why would there be, what would, would there be any difference? One hold, I mean, the bowl holds the snow, doesn't it? You could have that the bowl is metaphorically your body, and that the snow is the life that's transient and constantly changing that you express. Okay, so you think the other way up then? You think the snow is the form and the bowl is the emptiness? Yeah, it could be the other way around. Okay. It's a scale point in <laughs> Okay. Just a thought occurred to me as we were all discussing all that what's form and what's emptiness. Is he just setting up a prop that you could debate the meaning of endlessly? And that's the diva school. Because you could talk to all the cows from there about like which is which and what does it mean? Right, you could, snow. couldn't you? Yeah. So is he yeah. just, is he, like you could have said, you know, I don't know, anything like a, a lectern with a pineapple on top and, and you could talk forever. That's about a bit surreal, isn't it? A lectern with a pineapple on top. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Bodhidharma come from the West? <laughs> a 
elect him with a pineapple on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. But nobody's yet kind of got something about bowl, snow in a silver bowl. Well, you can't really tell where one starts and the other one. Yeah, ends. you can't. Yeah, yeah. You, the, the, the like a light. They're yeah. not. You can't. You know, there's the similar colour. The snow is cold. Pardon? Snow is cold. Yeah, but so would the bowl be that snowy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And silvery. And silvery. Yeah. Like something precious. Precious. Yeah. Susie. It reminds me of that one about the bell. That the bell's hollow. Oh yeah. Space in it, that's yeah. So, so the bowl's, the bowl's hollow. Got a space in it, yeah. Quite yeah. Another one about the bell now, but something about emptiness and form and the hole in it. Yeah. No separation. Exactly. No separation. No separation. Yeah. But there is, isn't there? In this metaphor, I mean, although they look the same, and they're hard to distinguish. I mean, if you look, if you're just looking, but, um, I mean, would you know it was snow? Say you were passing this, how would you know it was snow? Could it be salt? I don't know. How would you know if it was snow? Stick your finger in it. Yeah, you'd have to taste it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Presumably snowing everywhere else. Yeah. In all the place. Let me just tell you one, 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 one take on this, which is not, you know, kind of interesting, but it's not the essence of it, I don't think, is that um, the Diva School was known for debate, and Harry was known for being, you know, chatty, garrulous, um, and. He's saying that whether I'm garrulous or not, or whether I'm pithy or not, or whether it's snow in the bowl or not, doesn't make any difference. It's all but a nature. However, as we've already talked about, none of us we, we couldn't be having this debate or even talk about it unless we exercised some um, duality. So we, we, you know, we, we were saying the bowl, he's, clearly the, the bowl and, and the snow are different. But what do we chant every day? We chant form is emptiness, emptiness is form. And yet, if they're simultaneously exactly the same, we, we can't talk about it, can we? We can't, we're kind of bound by language. So, uh, so what do we do? I mean, is your, is your life, is, is, does your, is your life um, does it have any separation in it, like between the snow and the bowl? Is there a separation? Is there something that's, that you can stand outside of and say, can you, 
Can you, yeah. Can you talk about your own nature? It reminds me that like the bowl is like, a, like our life's container for whatever okay. it is, you know, maybe. Okay. <coughs> so that implies there's some kind of ground that we can stand on, is that right? No. No. Just maybe we just presumably don't you know, look the best of all worlds and just go up a flow. I think it feels like that to me a lot of the time. It feels like I can look at myself. What's well, snow in the bowl? No. Uh, it feels like I, I, I can look at my own nature and, and examine me, yeah. myself. Yeah. But how, um, whether that's actually possible is another kettle of fish kind of thing. Yeah. Because I, I can never see myself in any objective sense. How could you? Well, yeah. But it feels like I can sometimes. Yeah. Maybe in the future you might be able to clone you and the clone can have a look <laughs> in and say, hey, this is what you're like. Certainly it's true that more, most of my life is, uh, I was going to say our life, yeah. but most, most of my life is, yeah, I, I have that delusion. That of course you can separate it everything out yeah. and talk about it yeah. but when you pass over into talking about not just what is seen but who is the looker yeah where, where is where is that located yeah that becomes you know speaking about the speaker becomes difficult okay let me ask you this then i think all of us have a sense of an observer don't we kind of commented there's somebody there's some kind of observer commenting on, on, on us, to ourselves. Is that fixed? Is the, does that observer have a constant view? Or does the observer itself change? Changes all the time. Pardon? For me it changes all the time. It seems to be, sometimes it's self-deprecating, yeah. and sometimes it's, oh, you did well there, or, you know, it's different voice, different aspects, yeah. different voices, which sometimes it accuses, sometimes it's sad. So, it seemed like different voices, but it's just the same, I couldn't define it really. <coughs> So uh, all the questions I ask you, all kind of when you keep looking at them, peter out, don't they? There's kind of finally, all oh, this is going nowhere, is that right? Yeah. It kind of just kind of slips away. So, uh, But these questions only arise because each of us has form. Is that right? I mean, without us, without us having a, a, a physical embodiment, the question about emptiness wouldn't arise. Is that right? So, is form emptiness and is emptiness form? And what does all that mean? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing? It's exactly the same thing, yep. 
Okay. Well, our perception of it is what creates our perceived difference. Okay. And actually, the absolute negative right thing is absolutely identical. So is it what we well does everybody have a general sense of what they understand by their own ego? What 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 do you how do you what do, how do you frame what you call your ego? What is it? Me. Well, I mean mine. I mean mine. I mean I mean mine. Mine. I mean mine. I mean mine too. Should I read you what, um, who wrote the laundry after the law and... Jack Cornfield. Cornfield, yeah. This is what he says about the ego. To try to get rid of the self, to purify or root out, by self we can substitute ego, because for most of us I don't think there's a big separation. To try to get rid of the self, to purify, root out or transcend all desire, anger and self-centeredness, to vanquish a self that is bad, is an old religious idea. This notion underlies the ascetic practices such as wearing hair shirts, extreme fasting and self-mortification. Sometimes such practices are used skillfully to induce altered states, but more often they only reinforce aversion. Worse, what comes with them is the notion that our body, our mind, our ego is somehow sinful and deluded. But this can never work. It can never work because there is no self to get rid of. We are a, we are a changing process, not a fixed being. There never was a self only. Our identification makes us think this is so. So while purification, kindness and attention can certainly improve our habits, no amount of self-denial can rid us of a self that was never there in the first place. So, and then he, met, he mentions, uh, he, was, he once asked the old <coughs> meditation master, master to teach him the essence of Buddhism. He just laughed and said three times, no self, no problem. <laughs> but, I suppose all, all this, all, all I'm trying to illustrate with this Cohen, and I'm not, to be honest, I'm not totally clear about the intention of it myself, but it seems to be that the snow and the bowl, visually, or they look the same, but essentially they're different. You know, you've, we touched them, we tasted them, they'd be different. But and form and emptiness are the same, but as we experience in the difference, because I think all of us, don't all of us feel that in some way this is, th 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 this is a, a concrete self, you know? Doesn't everybody feel that? that, 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 that. 
Yeah, this this might be blasphemous. Yeah. But you know, um, well, I love blasphemy. Take that hand, saying that. Um, um, I've just forgotten what what you said on that. Um, sorry, I'll have to come back to to you moment. Okay, let me read you what uh, I just preempted you on. Yeah. Save you from your memory there. Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of the chap who wrote the book, uh, the, 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 the Tibetan abbot that went off for three years? A. Well, I've read about him before. Um, yeah. Um. Remember his name? Anyway, this is what he says about ego and things. What we call ego, this is another view, what we call ego is really an ever-changing perception and, and although it is central to our narrative story, it is not a thing. It therefore cannot really die and cannot be killed or transcended. This tendency for grasping arises when we misperceive the constant flow of our body and mind and mistake it for some solid, unchanging self. We do, not need to get, we do not need to get rid of the ego, this unchanging, solid and unhealthy sense of ourself, because it never existed in the first place. The key point is that there is no ego to kill. It is the belief in an enduring, non-changing self that dies. So, it comes back to this whole business that we've often talked about, about is enlightenment a thing that transcends the ego? That kind of thing. You know, is enlightenment something that is experienced when the ego, as Tim pointed out, drops away, drop off body and mind? No. Isn't the case. All that happens sometimes is that we just have a change of perception. If we change our perception, we see that actually there's no final ground of being to this sense of self. If I look at my thoughts, they've gone. Um, anything any of us owns, we don't really own. It's, I mean, I own a car, but I don't really own a car. I mean, a car will finally decay. Or, be, or maybe I will before the car, <laughs> you know. Uh, any emotions, all the, all the feelings and thoughts I had today, they've all gone. Sorry, I'll be with you in a second, but I'm just, and I'm thinking, you know, it's all finally empty. So, you know, the snow and the, 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 the bowl of snow, the kind of apparent difference, it feels like there's a difference in our lives between emptiness and form, but when we really look at it, it's all empty. Finally, it's all empty. And all the things, you know, that we fret and worry about and are concerned about, are completely legitimate, I mean they're real, but from a different perspective we can see, well, I think I've said it before, you know, you think about all the people who lived in the time of the pharaohs, all the people who lived in Roman times, you wonder if some shopkeeper in Rome had a lot of worries and frets for sure, but can any of us think, remember them? Did they count? And throughout history it's the same, and you know, all this has gone on all the time and everybody's felt it's really, really important, and it has been to them, but... 
they would have had those feelings of worry would have had consequences. Which yeah. Continue in history. They, they would. In small ways, but yeah. But then that would sure. accumulate. So. And 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 some feelings and some people have huge consequences. And, and, and this, is, this is why the Buddha says that this delusion of the self, this solid self, that is what causes us suffering. And you're absolutely right, I mean, you know, it happened this week. Trump ordered some man to be murdered. Terrible consequences. Well, I'm sure that didn't come out of a sense of emptiness. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. I was just thinking about River Mersey seems very real. Yeah. And yet, twice a day, the tide comes in and out. And in and out, and, yeah. And, and there's probably not a drop of water in it that was the same as, as, as it was. As before, yeah. So, in what sense is, is, yeah. is the river Mersey real and yet the. Yeah. Well, well, when Heraclitus said we never step in the same river twice, mm. everybody thinks it means that the river changes all the time. I mean, that's most people's understanding. But. We change all the time. It's not only the river that changes. We're not the same person who stepped in the river. The next time we step in the river, we're different. Well, I was just thinking, you know, like when I, I say in the past I've fallen in love. So I've fallen in love with, you know, I, I love a, a sense of humour. I love, a, you know, her eyes. I love it. But and it seems like I've fallen in love with a kind of something that's fixed and, yeah. and, and and what is it that that's kind of fallen in love with with with, with him or her kind yeah. of thing and um, but at that time i'm not thinking what you know i love the way she changes mm. <laughs> 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 you know you know that say don't you about men and women but men want their women to stay the same when they marry men are imagining their women will stay the same and women are imagining their men will change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's good. Um, I, I'm please, if you've got any comments, that would be really welcome because I'm, well, one I'm, the, I'm confused about this as well. One of the things that does disappear is memory. Memory, oh yeah, very <laughs> good. But actually, you, you said it, you know, the uh, point I was going to make was that Tignar Han said, actually having a sense of self is not a bad thing. No. It helps get Vital. you around. Yeah. But it's, it's not the sense of self, it's the sense of a, a separate, enduring, solid self that's yeah. completely yeah. unrelated to everything else around. Yeah. That's where the, it, that's what he's saying as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, without a sense of self, we probably wouldn't all be sitting here, you know. Yeah, if we all sat in emptiness all the time, there'd be no National Health Service. I'd <laughs> <laughs> probably be really painful to live with. It'd be painful, yeah, we'd <laughs> it'd be a pain to live with you. Yeah. <coughs> Is anybody going to conclude the evening? Zen is like boostics really, isn't it? When uh, you come to practice originally, you have ideas of self and other, emptiness and form. And then, you know, when you kind of get thrown from the bridge and drop into the water, 
He liked his winning and coming out the other end of the bridge. But it's only somewhere around that kind of splashing around in life bit that you realise actually you're in the water. There's nothing you can really do about it anyway. Your idea of winning and losing is flawed. Your idea of being a big sick or little sick is probably flawed as well. Yeah. You might as well just pop along and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Boost it. Okay. That's a fine way to end the evening. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Okay.